Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. The subject of the grace of God is often misunderstood, abused, and even overlooked. And yet it is a powerful, powerful concept that we need to understand. In fact, for the summer, we're going to have a, a big emphasis on grace in a lot of different ways, and particularly on Sunday nights. But I want you to think with me for a few minutes about this verse, chapter 4 and verse 7, that we have this grace of God according to the measure of Christ. And understanding the grace of God will make us better people. Understanding what God is intending for us to have through His grace will make us better people. We want to be in the grace of God. Of course, the very fact that we are alive means that we are in the grace of God. But the idea that we have the grace of God, and yet so many people teach so many contrasting ideas about the grace of God. And I want to consider those throughout the lessons that we will consider together. But for today, I want to give you a, a way maybe to remember grace. Thought about it for a long time, tried to figure out if there's a way to get an acrostic with the word grace that I can hold on to. And so for today, we'll look at the first half, or the first part, and then tonight we'll look at the second part. Here is the acrostic that I want you to remember. God's reach accepting Christ's effort. That is the grace of God. Grace is God reaching down to us. In the New Testament it talks about or it's viewed often as the provisions that give one well-being. It makes life worth living. It gives meaning to life. And that is built upon the Old Testament view of grace that had more to do with a stronger one coming to the aid of a weaker one because that one was in great need. Now, if I put these together as the whole of Scripture would ask us to do. God reaching to us, the greater to the weaker, in order to provide us a life of well-being. And He did that through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1 in verse 3 opens the book of Ephesians, which has much to say about the grace of God. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, he has done what? He made us accepted. He made us alive. He gave us life. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is God who reaches. So our plan today is to notice God reaching and then tonight to notice that Jesus was his way of reaching to us. We are in the grace of God because we are alive. Were it not for the grace of God, we would not be alive anyway. Grace is God created. That's where grace began. God moved. God reached out. God began the whole process. And therefore, grace could be demonstrated by God reaching forth. God reached to us. When he created us, we have certain things about us that are our basic needs. And grace addresses those needs. There probably are more than these, but I want to give you these ideas to talk about how God's grace meets and he reaches down to our basic needs. And here is how he does so. Number one, everybody wants to be a part of something. Isn't that true? Everybody wants to be a part of something. In fact, we look at it as odd when someone only wants to be alone, never around anybody, doesn't want to be a part of anything, doesn't want to do anything, just leave me alone, and I don't want to be involved in any way. And we think that as odd. Because we are people who want to be a part of something. One of the reasons we couldn't wait to get back together is because being together makes us a part. We, we are able to, to feel it, to see it, to experience being a part. When God reached down to us, His grace he made us a part, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6. He has made us accepted in the beloved. Isn't it great to know that we are accepted? Think back to a time in your life or times when people didn't accept you. They didn't include you. They overlooked you. You were not important to them. How did that make you feel? How does it feel when everyone seems to be against you? God said, I know that you want to be a part. I know you want to be accepted. And in His grace... He gave us a 
place to belong, someone to be connected to. God made us accepted. And therefore, every one of us today is or can be accepted by God because that's what he wants for us. Number two, everyone wants to be clean. Everyone has a past. Everyone has a problem. Every single person can say, I wish that I had not. And even for years on years, do you find yourself still haunted just a little bit by the memory of that or that or this other thing? How great would it be not to remember that? How great would it be that we could say, I have forgotten it. I don't know it. It no longer affects me. It's no longer a problem for me. Every one of us can say, I'd like to be clean. When God reached to us, Ephesians 1 verse 7, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. We can be clean today. We may not be able to forget. We may not be able to say, okay, I don't remember it, but here's what we can do. Through the grace of God, we can know that God has accepted us in spite of our past because we're clean when he reached to us. Number three, every single person wants to be saved from something. There's something bothering us. To say we want to be saved from something means I want to have a, a difference. I want to do something different. I had a terrible upbringing and I want to be saved from that. I don't want to repeat that. I've made some really bad choices and I don't want to repeat them in the future. Help me to get over that. Not just to, to, to forget that I did it, but help me to get over the desire to repeat it in the future. Everybody has something from which they would like to be saved. And God reached to us and said, Ephesians 2 and verse 5, when we were dead in trespasses, God made us alive again, for by grace you have been saved. 
And to Titus, Paul would write in chapter 2 and verse 11, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. If you are a person today needing to be saved from yourself, saved from something, God in his grace has reached out to you to say, you can do it. Number four. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 24, Paul writes, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. To be justified means to be just if I'd never done it. Just if I'd never done it. I want to be pure again. I want to return to an innocent time. Sometimes it is phrased this way, the good old days. But sometimes it is simply this. In my more mature days, I've failed. I've made mistakes. I've messed up. I'd like to go back to an innocent time before I ever did that. My son asked me one time, Dad, do you have any regrets in life? Well, sure. That's something that unites all of us. We all have regrets, and we would like to return to an innocent time. And God, by his grace, reaches down and says, I'll make you just if I'd. He fulfills that basic need to tell me you can be just like you used to be, innocent again. If you've obeyed your Lord in baptism, if you were baptized to be in that new life, think for just a minute. Do you remember the feeling when you came up out of that water? Do you remember the joy that was there? Do you remember the peace that was there? What was the first thought that you had? Mine was, okay, if I die tonight, I'm okay. That's the innocent time. And by his grace, God says, I'll take you back there. Finally, number five. Every single person wants a certain future, an assured future. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, and you don't either. 
I don't know when we're going to get back to as close to normal as maybe we would like to be. I just don't know. I don't know if there's going to be another outbreak. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the country when the, when the, uh, the voting begins and we go through another election. I don't know what's going to happen in all of that stuff. I just don't know. And right now, we're living in one of the more uncertain times that I can remember in my time. But guess what? God in His grace says, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and in verse 16, He offers us consolation and good hope in Jesus Christ. When all of these things flood my mind and I can't figure out what's going to happen next and I don't know and I may be fearful and I, and I may be concerned and I may even verge on worry, God says, I can give you a good future. I can give you hope in the midst of chaos because God reached down to me. So scripture says, in praise of the grace of God, scripture says, it is exceeding grace. 2 Corinthians 9 in verse 14. It is abounding grace. Romans 5, 15 and 17. In that passage, one man, he says, brought death into the world. But through one man, Jesus, grace abounded to many. Scripture says it is exceedingly abundant. 1 Timothy 1 verse 14. He says we are enriched by grace. That is, we are made rich. We are filled full by God's grace. And it is also to the same Corinthians said, this gift of God, this grace of God is indescribable. Second Corinthians 9, 15. God reached with this indescribable, abundant, exceeding grace to enrich our lives. Now in closing, go back to our passage in Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to make a point that I believe is extremely necessary for us to see. First, our verse of the day, verse 7. Notice how he writes it. God has reached down to each one of us. There's not a person here who has been overlooked by the grace of God. Not a person online, not a person in the world, even the most godless sinner 
has been touched by the grace of God because the sun and the rain come to everyone. Time to be right with the Lord has come. Everyone has been touched by the grace of God. And notice what he says, to each one of us. One of the main things that we're going to do on Sunday nights in more of a class form is to notice the ways in which each one individually have been graced by God. Oh, but that's not enough. One final thought in that verse. I think the verse is saying, each one of us has the grace of God according to the measure that Christ gave to you. He gave to us the measure of grace that we have. That doesn't mean that we only have part of the grace of God. We have it all. But what it means is, there are parts of the grace of God that have been given to each one of us in ways that have not been given to others of us. And we're going to see those this summer. But the main point for today to close this out, each one of us has been visited by the grace of God. But verses 1 through 6 tell me this. Each one individually has the grace of God for the purpose of benefiting the whole of us. Those first six verses are about unity. Verse 3, keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There's one body. One spirit, just as you're called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all is above all, through all, and in all of you. Why have I been graced by God? Why have you been graced by God individually? Is it just for me? Is it just for you? No. It's so that I can grace you. And we can grace each other. So God's grace, His reach to each one of us individually was so that we could reach to everyone else and use the particular graces that God gives us to benefit the whole of us. So my grace from God makes me responsible to use it for the whole body of Christ. What is grace? God's Reach, accepting Christ's effort. Tonight then, we will notice 
the ascendant one who descended for us. There is no doubt that we've all been touched by the grace of God. But it is not true that every single one touched by the grace of God has responded to the grace of God, accepting it fully as He has given it. There are some who have not obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in that condition, you have said, I'll take what he's given, but I'm not going to give anything back. Today, if you'd like to be a part of that grace in a special way, brought into the family where you belong and where you can find acceptance, today would be a great day for you to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ or to come back to the Lord to find your meaning for your life because the stronger has reached to the weaker to provide a sense and a well-being. We can help you today. Here in this room, our shepherds will meet you at the front, online. If you need to contact us and talk with us about getting your life where you want it to be in response to the grace of God, this time, will you consider that as we stand here and sing together? We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.